Welcome to Orion Valley. Hello, film wonders. I'm Josh Wall, and frankly, I love movies. Welcome to my podcast where I dissect movies with fellow film enthusiasts and discuss why we love the medium as much as we do. We are continuing our series leading up to the release of our brand new short film, Don't Be a Stranger. Today we have our makeup and special effects designer, Steph Workman, to talk about one of the more recent Nicolas Cage films in his amazing genre catalog, Willy's Wonderland. Okay, this week is very special. We've kind of been continuing the um, chaotic nature of the picks for our uh, series on uh, of, with the cast and crew of our new short film, Don't Be a Stranger, coming out this fall. And it's a very special episode because we have our makeup and special effects artist, Steph Workman, here with us today. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. So we are talking about um, a very recent film, a uh, film that came out earlier this year in uh, 2021. We are talking about the Nicolas Cage, like, bonkers movie, Willy's Wonderland. And I remember when I first asked you to be on this, you were a little, um, you weren't totally sure what movie you wanted to do, but when you landed on this one, you landed on it. So please uh, <laughs> tell me why this movie and what makes, like, what is your relationship with it? Why is it so special to you? Sure. So I picked this movie partially because on Don't Be a Stranger, I was working a lot with blood. Mm-hmm. And this particular film also shares an affinity for blood. <laughs> and no, so I thought it, it would sure be, does. <laughs> I thought it would be good for that. And then also I watched it uh, not long after you had asked me, you were like, what movie? And I was like, oh, I could do one of my old favorites, but that's going to be so obscure. And then I was like, wait. <laughs> I gotta talk about Willy's Wonderland. No one's, not enough people are talking about this movie. I feel like I dreamed it, mm-hmm. and I need to talk about it. Oh, that perfect answer. That's that's exactly the energy that we need on this show. Um, yeah, this was my. So this is a brand new movie, uh, and it was originally slated to come out. Um, in October of 2020, but was obviously postponed because of the pandemic and was then just mm-hmm. shifted to video on demand um, release. It stars, um, I mean, obviously Nicolas Cage is the the, uh, the main star, but there's also Emily Tosta, um, Rick Wrights, Chris Warner, Kai Kadeik, Christian Del Grosso, Kaylee Cohen, Kaylee Cohen um, Tara Leigh Hill, Jonathan Mercedes, David Scheffel, and Beth Grant. I'm sure I pronounced some of them wrong. Um, it's about <laughs> Nicolas Cage playing a grifter coming into town and having to fight off a bunch of murderous animatronic characters in an abandoned Chuck E. Cheese-style um, fun land entire, uh, with the um, titular name Willie's Wonderland. Um, let's. I think we should just dive in to talk about Nicolas Cage because the man <laughs> is an enigma. Uh, a couple years ago, or actually um, last year, around this time last year, we did um, Gone in 60 Seconds on the show. Ah, um, okay. One of his more, uh, you know, classic late 90s, early 2000s era um, action kind of thriller films. But in the past, like I would say maybe like six or seven years, he's taken on a whole new light. And he his career is so interesting to me because he wins an Oscar 
in uh, in the 90s for leaving Las Vegas and then does Con Air, The Rock and Face Off and does this whole string of, you know, like Gone in 60 Seconds, 8 millimeter. Then in the 2000s, our generation has a special attachment to him automatically because of National Treasure. Classic. And, um, you know, is, has a very famous voice, famous look. And he's been in so many movies because of financial issues, but he it just keeps pumping them out. And then that... In the early 2010s, it started to shift, and he became this icon of like a meme. He is and then a meme he god. he is a total meme god, and he knows it, and he leaned into it, and so now he's almost created his own genre of movies. It's so weird, like just because there's so many of them that come out every single year, and some of them have similar elements, and some of them are breaks from the norm. Like, I mean, this and like Mom and Dad may be comparable, but then there's also Mandy and this year's Pig. Um, what what is it about him? Do you think that like our generation really attached to? Because I mean, he tried to, like he was slated to be this very serious actor back in you know the eighties and the nineties, and then now because of the internet age and the way our generation kind of perceives things, has taken on this whole new light. What is it about him that makes him so special to us? Do you think, or maybe even just to you? Like, what is it about him? Yeah, he definitely has a cult following, and. Oh my gosh, Nicolas Cage. Where where to truly start? <laughs> I, I want to start with Ghost Rider because that's mm-hmm. the first movie I ever saw him in. And like looking back, we don't want to be too harsh on the CGI, but oof, it did not oh, age well. Yeah. Totally. It's, now it's funny. So like things that aged that were very serious then have become an obscure sense of humor for the majority of the Gen Z millennial age. We're all just like, this is funny. It's, yeah. it's not supposed to be. But it is absolutely hilarious. And the National Treasure was just shown in every single history class. Mm -hmm. So we all look at Nicolas Cage and we're like, I know him. Uh I know what he does. And he's one of those actors that is very good at placing himself in imaginary circumstances. I don't see him so much as like someone who takes on a new character as someone who is just Nick Cage living that life in that moment. Mm -hmm. And there's something so enjoyable about watching that. That yeah, that's that's very well said. It is very much like at this point because and it's different where some people say certain actors end up just playing themselves. I don't really think Nicolas Cage is playing himself, but he's playing the Nick Cage persona mm-hmm. at this point, where he's kind of become this um like hard edge kind of like uh almost killing machine in a lot of these movies where and he's mm-hmm. just utterly insane. But that's what the that's what we want. You know what I mean? Like he knows that that's what people are looking for. And, and um, but he is also, again, like a good actor. And like I'm when I saw Mandy, I'll never forget seeing Mandy in theaters. It was packed like to the gills and like everyone was just going crazy and like, you know, cheering at the end. Um, and I, I loved that movie. I thought that movie was great. Um, but yeah, there is something. I think because he has such a discernible look and he has such a recognizable voice mm-hmm. that like there's really no one that you can necessarily compare him to in terms of that, like the look and the voice. But it's like the freak outs that I think everyone like really um, goes for and like how much of a freak out is he going to give? This performance obviously is extremely different because he doesn't talk, which we'll get into a little so bit later. Good. So good. Yeah. And um but I think a lot of it, going back to what you were saying about Ghost Rider, I think our generation kind of pers- like takes in certain media as more so probably than ever is comfort. 
Like we were mm-hmm. really looking for some form of comfort and, you know, in obviously in these trying times, but throughout our whole lives, it's just been so easy to find something that's like, and you, like you said, Ghost Rider, it's like, this movie is not good, but if you find enjoyment in it, then that is a whole ride on, in and of itself, you know? And I think Nicolas Cage has kind of become like a king of that in a way. And he knows it, which is exciting. He's become an icon of nostalgia. He's totally become just a mark of so many people's childhoods, mm-hmm. which in of itself is hard to break out of. So it's smart of him business-wise to lean into that and be like, yeah, I'm Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And because, again, you know, a lot of this stems from him having severe financial issues and needing to pay for his, like, fifth castle in Scotland or whatever he has going on in his life. What a mood. I know, literally. And so he just ends up pumping out like six movies a year and people lo- like it's like it's like a candy store, you know, they just keep going and going and going and you never really know what one like there's a little bit of a different flair in each one. You know, this one, again, he doesn't talk, but it's also this Five Nights at Freddy's kind of um, style. A lot of them are also really quick. Mom and Dad is like a sci-fi alien kind of thing. Mandy is this psychedelic, wild, violent, like um, ultra-stylized personal thriller. And Pig yeah. is this like sentimental drama that, uh, that just came out. Such a diverse portfolio. Literally, like he's done like every single and like even like the generation before us, you know, know him and love him from like stuff like Moonstruck and his like, you know, kind of cute heartthrobby performance in that with Cher. And so he's been all over the map. And yeah, the man, the man ages like a fine wine. You know, he's just like he's a Merlot. He's a nice, smooth Merlot that afterwards you go, hmm, that didn't taste like five ninety nine. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Funny because he actually picked this one. I feel like a lot of the shows he hasn't had a choice in what he does, but but he chose this. He yeah. saw this on the internet and said, "I want in. I'll even help produce it." Yeah, which is wild. That that is wild. Yeah, I I am I'm so curious as to what goes on in that man's head, and especially with this one because yeah, this movie started as a short film mm-hmm. called Wally's Wonderland, Willie's Wonderland, much better title. Um, the but narration just flows better. It just, yeah, it just feels a lot better. Um, and yeah, the uh, the writer uh, of the movie is uh, Geo Parsons, and and Kevin Lewis directed it. And yeah, they made a short in 2016. And he saw it, and it got a little bit of like an online kind of following. And he was like, "That's really cool." And yeah, you're right. He then came on to be a producer, and which is so interesting because that means he has to have a certain level of passion for a project. And I am always curious as like how much effort is he really putting into each and every role, you know, and like. But this one, he's like into it. But again, he's not saying anything. He's just kind of standing there and doing the Nicolas Cage, like hitting all the beats that you want him to, which you can't go wrong with that. But he, he, because of that, he very much enjoys being in this movie. Totally. Which might I add his comedic timing. Oh, brilliant. I've Mm -hmm. never heard someone say so much without opening his mouth once. Mm -hmm. It's, I think his line is like a sigh i think he sighs twice and that's mm-hmm. that's his lines and i just imagine him watching it and being like i'll do this but i don't want to speak yeah uh-huh. i'm gonna put minimal <laughs> minimal amount of yeah <laughs> into this movie and also like we know that he's like a meme icon i know that mm-hmm. he knows i don't know him personally but i feel like if we ran into each other on the street he'd be like i know yeah <laughs> and so he, i'm sure he knows what you mentioned five nights at freddy's the 
also cult classic video game, which mm-hmm. for some reason the producer is like, this has nothing to do with that, which I'm sure is a legal thing because they were talking about doing a Five Nights at Freddy's movie right, for yeah. years. Mm-hmm. And then recently there was like drama with the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's. And I wonder if that had something to do with the movie being canceled or if that's why this pick got picked up. Uh, I want to ask one question for you, just in terms of your enjoyment of the film media. When you go into a movie, and not necessarily just this movie, but as this being a relatively recent film and my first time viewing it for this show, I want to know like what you, what's going on in your mind when you sit down and watch a movie for the first time. Do you have certain expectations? Do you try and go in blind? Like What is going through your head? And especially, obviously, for this and most of Nicolas Cage movies, there's undeniably like some aura around it of like oh okay it's it's another new Nicolas Cage movie it's gonna be weird of some kind there's it's kind of unavoidable that you have like some notion of like of what a Nicolas Cage movie is going to be but when you sit down and watch a movie whether it's Nicolas Cage or anything what is in your head when you watch it for the first time what a brilliant question let me let me chew on that for a second (laughs) I'd say that I usually try to go in blind for most things uh, I like to have a genre because I'm going to be honest, I don't like watching things that make me sad in okay. my free time if Fair. it's not on like for a reason. So if yeah. it's like something really, really interesting, I'm like, OK, cool. Um, I was completely blindsided with this film. My friends and I had all just gotten back from uh, just hanging out, having a meet up, being nerds, taking pictures. And uh, my friend Nick already was like, a great night. Right? It was already yeah. <laughs> chilling. We were already having a great time. There was bubble tea. It was amazing. All and my right. friend Nick was like, I want to watch Willy's Wonderland. And I was like, what the fuck is Willy's Wonderland? You're like, Willy Wonka? All right. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like Grandpa's Magical Toys or something, like a kid's uh, yeah, movie uh-huh. that's just wild. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, come on, come on. We have to watch it. We have to watch it. We have to watch it. And I was like, I don't think I don't think I want to do that. It sounds kind of pornographic <laughs> because of the you you're nodding because you know you know exactly what i mean yeah and he's like, it's got nick cage and i'm like okay i'm in uh, yeah you've sold me you've even sold if it me. was pornographic like you'd be in. like all right yeah <laughs> no it's totally and i just wanted to see what that would go what that would go like and that's um both a beautiful thing and also a bit of a shame because i don't know if i would have given the film a chance had he not been a titular character mm-hmm. which <laughs> is unfortunately just the way that it goes. Like certain movies don't get off the ground without a big star, which is why I'm so happy he picked it up. But right. either way, it, I was definitely worth my time. I'm clearly obsessed. I'm yeah. waiting for it to become the next um, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I would love to make a musical of Willy's Wonderland. I would totally do it. I'll produce it in a heartbeat. That would be so wild. Like it could be like, hmm, what would be, I feel like it could be like a bloody, bloody Andrew Jackson or like a Heather's Ooh. kind of like super satirical, dark, dark comedy, rocker, rock kind of comedy. Yeah. And yeah. it hits those beautiful pastiches that we love and the stereotypes of a horror and slasher film with mm-hmm. such a, a weird comedic twist. It's almost the way my, fr- I never saw it, but my friends described watching Sausage Party <laughs> as just going through several stages of a coma. Yeah, that movie is a fever dream for sure. And I feel like Willy's Wonderland is a more palatable version of that with action and lots of blood. 
Yeah, it has all the Nick Cage flair that you would want in a fever dream that also gives you comfort in a very strange way. <laughs> yes, and it makes you question your reality. And also, it ke- it keeps my attention. I judge a movie based on if it can keep my attention the entire time mm-hmm. because I get distracted very easily. Yeah. But it's I can fair. sit through like a three-hour Marvel film, but if it's like 15 minutes and you don't have me already, I, I leave. Mm-hmm. Which That's is fair. not is not the best thing. <laughs> Especially when movie tickets are like 22 bucks where I live. But right, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll just I'll go to the bathroom and wait for it to get exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a trial and error with the movie. You know, you go and you come back. Yeah. Um, you, one thing you mentioned that I thought was really interesting is like you start to question your reality. Yes. And I think that's a staple of Nick Cage movies. And so yeah. many of them are, yeah, especially in the more recent catalog of his films. Because even before he kind of stepped into meme lord territory, he kind of started this like um, this dip in his career where it felt like there was a lot of like the action thrillers that you'd find in like the bargain bin, like the the runner and rage oh, and rage. trespass and drive angry, seeking justice. The big um, lots five dollar movie bin. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, then he gets stuff like. I mentioned, I mentioned mom and dad, um, dark Mandy two one one, and and most of the time when you're watching stuff like that, especially Mandy, you're just like, what is happening? Like what's going on? But I'm in because it's so. Uh, he also for some reason likes to choose movies that are very colorful. Like yes. this, like Willy's Wonderland has a lot of a, like, there's a lot of blues. There's a lot of pinks. There's a lot of like flashy, like kind of neon, like older kind of stuff. Like it's, it's like candy. Like it's very fun to yeah. kind of watch that. And same with Mandy is like kind of doing a lot of like reds and like harsh tones. Um, and it, it, it makes it so stimulating, but you're also mentally, you're just like, his movies wow. are like, when you usually get one shot of espresso, but you were feeling feisty today, so you decided to get two, but then you also <laughs> drank a Red Bull, and now you're on the subway, and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no, I messed up, but I got to live this life now. And everything's so much more colorful, but you're still yeah. at work, so it's still, like, meh. Yeah. I think that's... <laughs> That's the I like metaphors. That's the Nicholas that's Cage a great, movie that's, experience. That is a great metaphor. That makes so much, <laughs> sorry. That makes so much sense. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, there's a vibrancy to all of them, and it's not just that he. I think it, and maybe it is. Maybe I may be giving him maybe too much credit, but you kind of can't. Where it's like maybe it is in the projects that he picks that like. They the stories also lend themselves to being that way in terms of like they leave a lot of room for style and they're that's the kind of stuff that he's interested in now and he can kind of mend different genres together you know uh, like we said before but yeah you're right they are you never watch one of these knowing where it's going you know you never you never watch it and you're just yeah. like all right i know how this movie's going to end i mean you could kind of predict how willie's wonderland's going to end but you don't really know how they're going to get there you know yeah it's like okay we got a a we got a b i didn't know there was going to be somehow a z in the middle but i'm with it right yeah <laughs> no exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> well with that let's just dive right in let's get into the critical breakdown
as we mentioned before, the whole basis of this movie was a short film in 2016. Has a lot of shared um, imagery and vibes to the game series Five Nights at Freddy's, and it's obviously based on you know the uh, Charles Entertainment Cheese uh, franchises that uh, oh, took Mr. America. Charles Cheese. Charles Cheese. Have you ever yes. been to a Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, of course. There's one in my hometown. I grew up with one. Oh my god. Yeah. Have you ever been to one like? late at night it's the creepiest thing those they so still, bright <laughs> yeah well they still have i mean the one by me is still open and apparently they still have like the animatronic mouse no. and and bird no. like they're like playing the banjo and whatever and those it's things like used to make me cry they're terrifying and they're, they're probably broken that's what makes them scary is they don't work. Okay, we're taking a field trip to check Cheese. <laughs> we gotta go. We're gonna do 24 hours locked in a Chuck E. Cheese where we just watch Willy's Wonderland and try not yeah. to cry. Well, that's the thing with this movie. They lock them in like it's a Ghost Adventures episode. You know, you're just yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> They're like, haha, no leaving. And I'm yeah. like, thinking in the back of my mind, I'm like, based on the strength he exhibits during this film, he totally could have just busted those doors down. Yes. Absolutely. At any time. But he chose not to. There is hidden lore in this movie, and I will figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's literally like he goes to the door and tries to open. And he's just like, all right, I guess I'm in here. And then just turns around and goes to clean. a good clean. impression. Thank you. That's I was working good. on it this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the preparation. Um, so the premise of this movie is that he is a drifter, and he... he his car goes into this town called Haleysville, I think is uh, the name of it. Hayesville. Hayesville, Nevada. Yeah. Of course and it's Nevada. Nevada? Nevada. Mm. It's Nevada. Not Vegas. What, not Vegas. Not Vegas <laughs> at all. You could have told me this movie took place in Montana and I would have believed you. Right. Like, there were a lot of trees. Lots of trees and, and very few people. Yeah. And he's yeah. actually listed in the title. Like He doesn't get a name. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage doesn't get a name. He's listed as the janitor. Which is oddly intimidating, and I have I have a theory about him, but okay. go ahead. We'll save that save that for a little bit later. Um, yeah. So and then he um, runs across the like those tire spikes, and his car breaks down, mm-hmm. so he has to get picked up, and. They do this whole exposition thing where it's like, you know, well, Hayesville doesn't have any internet and we don't take any credit cards here, so you can't get money from an ATM. And Nicolas Cage is just like, huh, well, what do we do? And he's like, well, we can, uh, we can't, I do have a way to have you uh, work for it. And he goes to Willie's Wonderland and meets um, Tex McAdoo. Tex McAdoo. (laughs) Top 10. Best character name of all time, maybe. McAdoo. <laughs> it wow. sounds like it. <laughs> it sounds like an entree at like a Texas Roadhouse or something. Like it doesn't sound like an actual human being. It's definitely like a fish fillet situation <laughs> with like a side of steamed broccoli. But they said they seasoned it. They didn't. No, uh-uh. that's but they McAdoo. put yeah, but they put macadamia nuts on it to give it like a little bit of a flair. But they don't really Ooh. make any sense with the rest of the the meal they just kind of like i see it's texas fusion (laughs) yes exactly um and he wants him to clean the willie's wonderland and get it all ready for the uh possible reopening and then we find out they end up locking him in for um to be prey to the satanic 
<laughs> animatronic <laughs> animals that lie animal within. Cult. We skipped over the the very very beginning with the flashback. Oh. It starts with a. Oh yes, that's right. It yes, it does. Yeah, it does. This uh, e- these two people are running through the halls of Willy's Wonderland, and uh, they're getting uh, chased by some someone, and they got the shirts on, so you know their official staff, and they're they end up getting eaten by some unknown force and then we cut to see Nicolas Cage and this is how you and the know the little girl in the closet the little girl in the closet that's right she comes back she later comes, she's important for later mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and it set the tone it definitely set the tone real quick it does yeah it does set the tone that there is going to be like yeah there's there's a chase that it moves quickly it you know is is thrilling it is kind of uh self-aware because mm-hmm. of when especially I think I think this movie does know that it's on a lower budget um, with the filming style and especially when like when the guy gets crawled or gets like um, pulled away he's just like oh. you know like <laughs> it was like a vine you see at 3am yeah literally it was not like like th- someone just like they just blackened out the PA that was holding this guy's leg yep and just dragged him on the ground and then they just sped it up later to make it look like it was like an actual which like, I love. Yeah. I love that. I mean, this movie has like a whole grindhouse feel to it. Yeah. And that it again it embraces the low budgetness and, you know, uses a lot with a little in terms of again the visuals and the graphic nature of the kills and the violence. Um like Nicolas Cage gets covered like he gets covered in basically like motor oil like throughout like all of this yeah. movie. <laughs> he gets messy. He gets so messy. There's blood. There's oil, which I don't know if the oil is the blood. Like are the animatronics bleeding? I guess I guess. It's like the same it's like the same basic idea. Like they they have this weird culty lifeblood thing. Mm-hmm. I also don't like that they're somewhat anatomically correct. <laughs> I really hate that more than anything else. <laughs> they they definitely look creepy. There were a couple times when they popped out where I was like, "Oh shit." Who's your the, least favorite animatronic? Who's the scariest? My, the, the scariest? The one that got me, like, it kind of actually, like, startled me because I, was, I wasn't I was expecting it was the gorilla. That was the one that I was oh. like, oh, geez. Um, in terms of actual, if I was going to be, like, actually scared by one of them, uh, probably, probably the siren, I would siren say. Siren Sarah. You know, yeah. she scared me. I was like, because she's just, like, a regular human body with a head. Yeah, exactly. And she has, with, like, that kind of weird mouth that, yeah. like, opens, like... Um, that like what do they call it when this like smile the Glasgow smile the Glasgow smile like the Joker has yeah she's got Mm -hmm. that going on and also that pixie cut did not do her any favors for her head shape which was rude truly with an animatronic just such a poor haircut (laughs) yeah well I mean just imagine Joy from Inside Out and then she was like addicted to crack you know and it's like and then and was also a demon you know (laughs) oh no oh no that's so accurate Mm -hmm. oh no i'll never be able to watch inside out ever again (laughs) now it's just gonna be scary it's creepier because she's an acrobat so i'm like oh no yeah she's doing she's she's doing some cartwheels and some flips and jumping yeah splitting and actually i think the creepier one would be the one that was like, hey, I'm not bad. I'm your oh, friend. Yeah. I was like, oh, she tried to gaslight you to death. 
Yeah. I don't like that. And that and that guy was just like, oh, okay, uh, I got this. <laughs> like, we're going to be fine. Yeah, he's... <laughs> <laughs> he's like I, he's like I have a heart but I'm also really a simp so we'll get along like really well he was such a simp <laughs> so simpy we, we, I forget the name of the character that's dating the girl uh, I, I, I'm I, gonna be completely honest with you I, I remember Liv uh-huh. who's the main girl mm-hmm. and then let's see uh, the guy who was oh, dating the blonde so yeah so the, the Chris, only one who made sense Chris was the was the simp guy. Simp. Chris is the simp. Kathy was the sluttier girl. No. Uh, <laughs> Kathy. Uh, I loved her. I'm not going to lie because she was kind of a badass. She mm-hmm. sure was like, I can pick locks. She didn't say anything. She just did it. But yeah. then she was also kind of dumb because she was like, we're in the murder room and I'm horny about it. Like, <laughs> Well, that was one of my biggest things with the movie was that like there were some times where I was like, Oh, this movie knows it's just kind of like playing on the stereotype of the team of the horror movie, like, you know, yeah. of the um, like the teenagers and they're going. But they kind of make it like a mission thing. where like, we're going to do this as a mission. And it's but it's also known that like some of these are like like the simp guy knows it's like this isn't going to end well for him. I hope no. it doesn't. I hope he ends up dying because it would make no sense if they ended up together. Um, no. but, but then there were times where it was like, yeah, like you said, like. She she comes in and picks the lock and she doesn't even say anything. So you're like, oh, okay, these two are going to be the ones that end up on top at the end, or at least last the longest. And but then Kathy just ends up becoming the girl with the big butt and having sex in the Satan cult, which is played as funny. And it is kind of like this when he's like, oh, you're like super freaky, aren't you? You know, like that's so, kind of I was so caught off guard because, like I said, I was with a bunch of friends. We hadn't mm-hmm. seen each other a while. And I was like, did you put on porn? Is this some <laughs> weird, weird kink thing? It's kind of like how yeah. I felt watching Kaboom. I was like, is this? And I don't know why everything that's artsy just kind of goes there. I guess it's yeah. making you uncomfortable is part of the point. Um but it was just like the way they were like, was that alligator there before? And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, that's kind of funny. You're distracting yeah. me from the fact that I'm uncomfortable with humor. Yeah, I guess they were no. trying to like, they were like, okay, so we're talking about kitty murderers, right? Like the mm-hmm. cult dudes, definitely child murderers. No oh, one absolutely. likes them. Mm-hmm. But they're like, okay, we got to lighten this up real fast. How do we, how do we bring them back? Because we just did all that exposition. Uh, sex. Put sex yeah. in it. Yeah, one of them is definitely a cuck. It'll 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 kill the audience, you know. Like it'll. <laughs> we'll bring them all back. They all just leaned back because we said kitty murder. Let's bring them back in. Old old fashioned mm-hmm. horror yeah. movie sex scene, <laughs> and then we'll then we'll throw them right back into it because the pace completely shifts in that scene. It does. Yeah. No, I I totally agree because like there's like that stylistic like circle shot with the camera, yeah. and it's just like they are going like for. For way too long. Way too and then, long. And then it was like, oh, that thing's in the corner. It's like, oh, no, it's been there. Okay. Ten more seconds of them fucking. No, it just moved. Oh, it can't be that bad. Ten more seconds of sex. And then they they get murdered. So it's like that that scene went on for like a little bit, you know? It went on for a while. It's in my mind because it stuck out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it is kind of, again, because of it playing with the horror movie tropes uh it you know that not all of them are gonna are gonna make it yeah and like and it's also tough like on the 
I think there there were too many of them. I wish it was honestly just like four, but there's like six of them. Yeah, and they killed two of them real fast. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even know their names. I was not invested. I didn't care. Yeah. They were just there and dead, which I'm like, great shot. Cool shot. Yeah. What purpose did they serve? Right. Yeah. No. And and because the one guy gets like stabbed with the knife or with the sword the knight stabs him and that was just i was like oh okay cool people are dying let's let's cut these characters (laughs) off i don't need to care about all of them you know um and then the one guy who kind of looked like jordan peele was you thought so too right mm -hmm. okay cool i looked it up and i was very sad that it wasn't him jordan peele diet peele (laughs) (laughs) like diet slice but it's (laughs) um and yeah but then he like falls into this other room that is like a like a he's in like one of those like foam pits yeah he's in the the like tumble room thing with a lot of flashing lights that may induce vertigo warning yeah (laughs) don't get seizure warning there was a lot of flashing lights in there which also was creepy but Mm -hmm. more so made me dizzy yeah i i I agree that that scene had like a cool moment where again this you know that the siren then gets the kind of demon mouth thing and eats the guy but that scene also kind of went on for a little too long because of how again how the strobes were and you Mm kind of had to be like what's happening oh he's there and now he's there and that okay he's dead you know it's like it was kind of they they have to stretch a lot of these scenes out to make it you know feature length i can see it that's why the whole time i was watching it i was like some scenes definitely feel like they were filler really filler and i would have loved i tried to find the short film online but i couldn't i can't find it either yeah and i was kind of disappointed because i feel like if you made this like a 40 minute short film it, it, I mean, I, I don't know how long the original one is, but I, I feel like if it was a 40 minute short film, I feel like that would be the perfect medium for this particular story. I agree um, entirely. It just would have been so much more impactful if those deaths weren't drawn out mm-hmm. so yeah. much. Although I did, <laughs> I've watched this movie three times. On the third watch, <laughs> I started to notice different little things and I was like, oh, that's clever. But mm-hmm. on a one watch, which most people, that's all they would give this if we're being honest it's not really a, a rewatcher unless you have a reason to yeah unless you're really into the lore <laughs> if you've read the manga you're like <laughs> you've read you, the uh, original manga yeah. in japanese you'll be so into it you'll watch it but on the first watch people aren't going to notice those little intricacies mm-hmm. but they well, will like, notice the way that nick cage made love to that pinball machine he definitely put his penis inside of that thing he was like <laughs> So, which was another like kind of issue I had with it at first, because like it's a lot of like, again, it's it almost became repetitive where it was like clean something. Watch goes off. Got a drink. Fucking purple flirt from Jimmy Neutron or whatever the shit. I was wondering. Yeah, I think he's okay. Can I say my theory, please? Okay, my theory is that he's a video game character. Interesting straight up mm-hmm. or either that or he's like an angel of death and he's been sent to correct an imbalance in the force or something or along those lines because he doesn't he stops to drink his purple flurp but that's it man doesn't use the bathroom doesn't get tired mm-hmm. i mean he bleeds yeah but he covers it up with duct tape and then he's fine yeah that's right he like wraps his body 
Yeah. His like his like torso in duct tape. Which is helpful if you have no other binding agent. I mean, I like mm-hmm. sprained my wrist once and wrapped it with duct tape until I could get to a doctor and it, it kept it pretty stable. I guess just Don't imagine <laughs> Yeah, I guess just imagine fighting so many like doing so much physical exertion while your body is wrapped in duct tape. It doesn't sound like the most comfortable thing in the world. <laughs> like he starts breathing a little laboriously, which is why I think like he struggled a little bit towards the end either mm-hmm. that or it was like boss fight style time yeah but maybe uh-huh. his purple flurp is like his little energy health boost oh maybe i i don't know i i because well i kept thinking it was going to come back because they again they do that 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 scene like five times it's mm-hmm. like clean something watch goes off drink some flirt play some pinball back at it you know they do that five times so i was expecting it to be like okay so this has some sort of significance that's going to come back in a kind of batshit crazy way. Like he needs it because that's like his, yeah, that's how he's is like, he's sustainable. Like that's his form of energy. That's his safe point. And, but like, and they, they kind of save it with, you know, him, you know, doing this cool dance when he's playing pinball the last time, which was great to see. Um, I think it's also our save point because it is a gory film. So it Uh gives us as a viewer a second to digest that. Yeah. And then move on. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. It is like, let's take a quick break. But again, like I was expecting it to be like, oh, maybe he was like, uh, uh, he's actually an animatronic and that's like his way like or something kind of crazy like that but it doesn't they don't really do anything with it it's just like a quirk where it's like he just likes this punch this canned punch i don't even know it looks like a fucking yeah it looks like like a pb and j ipa or something like that you ever see one of those yeah do not recommend those are disgusting but they're like this in this giant silver can with a dark purple label and it's like a purple kind of drink yeah it's not great but that's what it looked like to me um also and the way that he um sorry to cut you off no please before i forget the way that he caresses that pinball machine somebody pointed out to me what if he's been there before like what if he used to work there yeah again that's that was something i was like does he have a connection to this place does he know what this place is does he like why did the t-shirts all fit him <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no one cares. No one cares about the the Willy yeah. Wonderland t-shirt collection that just happens yeah. to magically replenish itself. Yeah. He goes through all of them. They, they have extras, you know. They they definitely go they go through a lot of a lot of needy tourists every year at uh at so Willy's Wonderland. Um but yeah, I was like is he how is what is his connection here? Like is does he know cuz I think the thing with this movie is that they were really leaning on the idea that like we got Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do the Nicolas Cage stuff. And you can't, like, as an audience member, you can't go wrong with that. Sure. Like, why? I mean, what am I going to say no to more Nicolas Cage killing things in my life? Like, that's that sounds great. <laughs> but that is what, they, then they were like, okay, we have a movie now. We can form the rest of whatever's happening around it and make it, and make it an hour and a half. And we have people, like, people will watch it. Not that, I don't, I don't want to make that sound cynical, but like, there is like because it's like we, he doesn't have to speak. He's just going to stand there. He's going to look cool. like the first shot of him is his boots getting out of the car. And it's like this cool like wraparound shot where it was just like this like it's Nick so Cage gratuitous. just entered the movie. Yeah, it's so <laughs> gratuitous. But I kind of love it, though. Mm-hmm. Now it's so self-aware. Yeah, like, it's absolutely self-aware. So very self-aware, which as someone who thinks that they're self-aware, that's nice to see. 
Yeah. <laughs> I like when things can make fun of themselves. And I think that's what they did with those entire pinball scenes was just, here's some random, weird nonsense that mm-hmm. either has a lot to do with this plot or nothing at all. And we're going to let you figure out which one it is. And we're not going to tell you. Unless they do. They're planning a sequel. Yeah, maybe we'll get more lore. Well, they're discussing a sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how they would do it. Probably with, with the girl. Well, yeah, but like, I okay. I also was expecting Willy's Wonderland to blow up at the end. So was I. But only the car blows up, which I guess we had to do. Probably had to do more with the budget. Um, but so, like, what are they going to go back? Is the siren going to follow them? And then they're. Gonna I think go, the siren's gone. Mm-hmm. I think she blew up. Probably, yeah. Or like, like it, I know it's not Five Nights at Freddy's, but if it were, there's sister location. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so like, spoilers. There's like these kitty murderers, right? And he starts recruiting people and bringing them in, and then they do this cult ritual, or all dead. That's how we get like spooky animatronic stuff. Yes. There's nothing to say that they, that formula could not be reused, like rinsed and recycled. Like. I'm saying like so much. <laughs> it's okay. I say um all the time. So I'm um, like I'm um, totally like. Yeah, like. <laughs> what if they had more murderers in a different place, <laughs> which has a sense of uh, unfortunate realism? <laughs> There's nothing stopping them from being like now Nicolas Cage and Emily Toast to go around hunting animatronics. See, I think they would have to up the ante because like this one got a fair amount of attention. So then if people like pine for for an actual sequel, then they then they could get more funding and that it could be successful. So I think they need to I think they need to I know they got to go to a theme park. They got to go to a theme park. They They got to go to Knobles. They got to fuck that bear up (laughs) and (laughs) tear that wooden popsicle stick roller coaster to the ground. I want to see Nick Cage fight Cinderella. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For no reason other than because why? Yeah, because why? why not? Yeah, um, yeah, and so th- so the other thing is that like again to uh, to kind of get back to the my positives about the movie is again all the Nick Cage stuff is very fun really? and uh, even just watching him just clean random shit like the I'm not shots gonna lie were great the, it, it looks it's a good looking movie shots. yeah and yeah like the close ups of all the spray going on like even oh. when he's in the sink he's like oh the camera got a little dust on it it's ASMR yeah. <laughs> maybe it's just for the ASMR community mm-hmm. yeah. to really get their brains tingling yeah people who really love Lysol you know it's, mm. it's, it's all over the place here you know <laughs> I mean it's all the rage right now mm-hmm. Real and the Purell fandom where y'all at oh yeah <laughs> got my bottle right here oh, um yeah. <laughs> uh and then, you know, watching him, you know, take down these animals, he like urinal stomps that gorilla and Dead. it was unbelievable. And it was also something I didn't expect to see in my entire life. Props to and, the fight choreographer. Heck yeah. yeah. All the fights look really good and it, they get into the fighting pretty quickly. Fast. You know, like he's... um like he fights that fucking ostrich or whatever it is, like so quick in like the first ten minutes of the movie, which again is fun to see. But I was also kind of hoping that they would save him fighting those things for maybe just <clears throat> a little bit later, so that when it's like the kids show up and they become they get in danger and the knight's the first thing, and Nick Cage then has to be like, "I know what I must do," and then like I would have shot. appreciated a little build up. 
But yeah. I also kind of like that Nick Cage did not care about those kids. Like, yeah, I, some people are like it's because she knows she can hand. He knows she can handle herself that he hands her the knife. I'm like, no, it's because it's his break time and yeah. he's on break. <laughs> Which is the funniest part of the movie when it, it's like he's about to fight the the last one. And he's just like. Oh, I'll be right back. <laughs> does, like, just the spy like, kids fight pose with the two <laughs> fists in the air. And then it's just like, actually, no, no. Mm-hmm. See, Union said, Union said I got a break. Yeah. I've been here for like 12 hours. I need it's my lunch. third break. Yeah, it's, it's time. time for my flirt. <laughs> it's lunch. Um, yeah. And yeah, like he like tears the alligator like head off and just like smashes the shit out of that ostrich and he's he's going crazy and yet when that police officer gets cut in half only like a little spurt of blood goes on him it's pretty 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 clean surprisingly it was a fast kill (laughs) yeah it was when full wolverine was like yeah (laughs) it was it was was clean i didn't like her no no the the thing is is that like the only two characters that i actually like cared about and understood were Liv and I, mean, I would say understood is a like I cared about Liv and I cared about the Jan and Nick Cage that I was felt it. bad for the one guy who was like can we leave and everyone was like no at first I felt kind of bad for him then I was like well you didn't have to follow them in yeah well but, okay uh, that that's a good point thank you you just reminded me because when they get Liv like because her like her like adopted mother or the the, the I guess her captor her captor I guess is a better word for it yes um is like chains her to this radiator um Which and is not okay yeah no gives uh, her a bucket to piss in mm-hmm. no wait piss yeah is vulgar Pee. yeah it's uh it's, yeah not not great no you can uh, yeah um, what about food give yeah. her some beans <laughs> And but then the like her friends come and break her out, right? And mm-hmm. um and she says like if we're gonna do this, we have to do this as a mission. We're gonna burn the place down, but that guy is still there. So we gotta make sure to get him out. And everyone in the group is on board. They're like, All right, cool. Let's let's yep. go do it. And they all go and they start throwing gasoline on. And then she goes inside. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, I can't believe she got us into this shit. You know what? Let's leave her there to die. And it's like, whoa. I mean, like, if we're like, we got to get a guy out. I'm like, why didn't you bring bolt cutters? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could have gone down. Well, then the movie would end very quickly. But you could have gone down <laughs> to the good old local hardware store. Got yourself a pair of clip, clip, snip, snip. Yeah. Done. Nick yeah. Cage free. Yeah, Hayville's hardware. Oh my god. Nicholas that, uncaged. Literally. He he is he is <laughs> completely He is completely caged up in this movie. It's fucking great. Oh. Um but yeah, and so but then they break through the the ceiling and they're all and they all end up, you know, in there anyway, which was which was also strange because like so the one guy who's like, I'm leaving, like I'm yep. done. And he starts to leave. And then the simp guy runs after him and tackles him. And when he tackles him, that's, that's what breaks, yep. breaks through the wind, the, the ceiling. And then the rest of the group is on like the other side of the roof. And then they break through and they all end up in the same ball pit, like right there. They're Which just like convenient, very convenient. And also yeah. unrealistic. Have you ever jumped into a ball pit? You're going to hurt yourself. That hurts. Yeah. Like if you cannonball into a ball pit, your butt's numb for the whole day. 
literally yeah y- also you probably you're... have pink eye now that that is also true yeah and like <laughs> you know it's not yeah those things are it's not like you're diving into like a, a sea of coins like you're fucking scrooge mcduck you know it's it's that <laughs> shit's shit's hard it's like plastic you know like, <laughs> it's not comfy but no they it's made not. it even though it looked pretty shallow. Anyway, I won't yeah. break apart the logistics of the world no. and it completely unravels. Yeah, no, I don't mean to like, you know, div- uh, take away the fun from the movie. I'm just like, you know. But these are good would... questions. Like, was the structural integrity so poor that they could have just done that the whole time, took a bat to it, called it a day? I don't know. Maybe that was like if they, that was always on the checklist of things for people to do when they were like locked in to Willy's Wonderland, but no one ever got it's to it true. because they, yeah, fix, like if we happen to get some contractor who drives into Hayesville, we can get him in there, fix the roof, and then he'll die. Like, but it, no one ever got to that point. I don't know. Um, I have to read the lore to find out. So we'll. <laughs> We'll get back to you on that. Um, <laughs> follow up. <laughs> follow up Willie's Wonderland Part 2. <laughs> um, the, the other thing I wanted to say is that, uh, so I, let's talk about Nick Cage not talking because sure. it's a, an interesting choice to make this movie and his performance stand out among the rest because, again, like we said, very recognizable voice. Even when, like you said, he sighs a couple times and I think he says, ah, like I think that's it. But even when he says that, he has the, you can hear like the, like the, like the deeper tone R kind of like back of the throat talk that he is very glottal that he is, that he is known for. And, you know, some people are a fan of it. Some aren't. Uh, I want to know before I give you my take, I want to know what you think. Do you think it totally works for this movie or is it does it kind of turn you off? I like it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, I think it's also it builds this anticipation that they don't build with the fighting. Because mm-hmm. then the whole time I was like, is he going to talk? Yeah. Is Maybe like one speak? line. Just what? Just at the end, is he going to go? Ooh, like, like, what is he? <laughs> and no, he doesn't. And that's great. I. It like was it was like an original M Night Shyamalan twist, you know those those good ones. That yeah, like Unbreakable, Sixth Sense, yeah, yeah. Sixth Sense style energy. Yeah, not like I the like beach it. that makes you old. I mm, don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you feel that way because I feel like I am like one of very few people who just thought that movie did not work at all. Like that just is a movie that no. I saw part of it. <laughs> that's all you need to say Steph I yep. get it <laughs> <laughs> yep you feel me if you need me to sit through it I will but at what cost yeah um, but I think having Nick Cage not speak I think having your titular character not speak one beautifully harkens back to the history of silent film mm-hmm. and relies on uh, showing and not telling which right. is always very fun but also, it's like a it's like a little game. And also, again, with my video game theory character, you never hear your main character speak in those types of old games. Right, he's like Link. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, so for me, I think at times it gave like a good comedic timing. I guess I'm just always used to Nicolas Cage freakouts having this like, I mean, he does yell, but I'm like, again, I'm used to him having lines. But I could go along with it if two things. One, they have good actors surrounding him. And for the most part, they don't. So that was <laughs> that was 
and again, I I was like with Liv for most of the time, but she's not the best. But she's at least giving more energy than some of the other people around her. I think they were doing what they were told. Yeah. I think they were told, play this stereotype. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. they did. And again, I'm not going into this looking for the greatest performances, you know, ever for sure. But it's like when they're doing most of the talking, I got to be like locked in. And the other thing is that because Nicolas Cage isn't talking, it brings about a lot of exposition that they have to directly tell you. And it... It works in the opening scene because the one guy's like this fast talking guy who like never shuts up, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, we used to we used to be like a very populated town. But like now it's just uh, we got a Willis Wonderland, you know, and it's just like going on and on and on and on and on. Like that's like a funny, you know, kind of character thing. Have you ever Um, played Skyrim? No, actually, I haven't. Okay, so one of the Skyrim games, the beginning is like an iconic meme. You kind of like wake up in this hay barrel and there's just this dude talking to you on a wagon (laughs) and he just goes and gives you all the exposition Mm -hmm. and that's what that opening felt like to me Mm -hmm. and that's what the majority of the dialogue in this film felt like to me it felt like little baby cutscenes. yeah little it does have a video game kind of feel to it for sure which makes sense because of the not five nights at freddy's at all thing that they're doing Mm -hmm. it's not it's not at all like that with the animatronics and the janitor security guard guy getting locked in and having to fight for his life yeah but instead they decided that he's just gonna be op like he skipped all the little, he did all the side missions first. Yeah, and then he's, was like, he's okay, in. Start the plot. No, he's in new game plus mode. I think is what the. I think oh. this is what this movie is. Unlocked all weapons. Yeah. And and you're right. It does have because like they'll do when when Liv is like talking about the past and we find out about the satanic cult thing. There's the cut scene and then it comes back. It's like that's why Willy's Wonderland is like this and then it's back to present day. But then again, same with the one. Um, with the one cop when she's saying that oh yeah that there was this girl and i took her you know like there's this this girl and i took her end of story don't question me i felt bad for that cop which is a rare sentence yeah (laughs) yes absolutely wait which one the guy or the The one who was like i got a wife and kids at home yeah i don't think what we're doing here is right and i don't really want to be a part of it and she's like i'll kill your wife and kids and he's like (laughs) um i'm i'm new here excuse yeah. me <laughs> my my favorite part was when she was when he was like listen as much as i you know love spending time with you and like collecting that overtime and then she goes double overtime like and he goes right like that was supposed to be like it almost felt like that was supposed to be the other way around like he was supposed to be like collecting that double overtime she's like regular overtime and he'd be like oh okay but i think she she was trying to stress the importance of him being there without actually telling him at all that he's important yeah to be fair he was not he was not important he was not important at all you know i like that right when he chose to do the right thing that the turtle? Spaniard got him. The turtle, that's why he's a turtle. <laughs> Spaniards. No one expects the Spanish included. <laughs> um, yeah, and again, like the, I think because they try and give this um, backstory to, uh, to Liv and how her connection to this, again, I was mm-hmm. expecting something with Nicolas Cage, but he was just this kind of hero in that. And yeah, you're right, I didn't really care for the... Um, 
for the 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 more evil cop. The so sheriff. To say. The sheriff. Yeah. The sheriff. No, mm-hmm. she was trash. Um, yeah. Not the actress, but just the character in general. Yeah. Trash. Don't mm-hmm. like that at all. Mm-hmm. But, like she's just like we tried to pick people who wouldn't be missed. No. Yes. Oh my. Oh my God. Excuse I was me? literally watching this. I was like, I thought this was this had me for the entire time, and then this happens, and I was like, wait a minute, who made this movie? Like they show like a couple, like make like one of them has dreadlocks, the other one has colored hair, and it's like people with no moral compass. Like what the fuck? What is this? Nineteen eighty four? Like first of all, I feel attacked. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I have blue hair all summer. So rude. One, mm-hmm. but two. Excuse me. She <laughs> <laughs> like, was like, people with no moral standing, people we wouldn't think would be missed, you know. Mm-hmm. And then shows like three families and loving couples. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, is this a commentary on society and their standards? Yeah, I don't know. But I don't think we're ready to talk about that. Not yet. We'll get that. <laughs> we'll get there in a second. Um, uh, and yeah, but again. You go in, you don't go into this movie for all that stuff. No. You know, you go into it for the ride of watching Nick Cage just beat up decim- some animatronics. Beat up some animatronics and they do a good job of giving you like a cool sense of what the actual funland is like and have a different room for each killing. I mean, yes, one of them is a bathroom, but still it gives it's it some set variety. Up to become like one of You know how they did the Stranger Things experience? It's set up to become something mm-hmm. like that if they really wanted to. They could do like a Halloween Willy's Wonderland experience. Yeah, yeah, I bet I bet, I bet you you could. I bet you you could. Write um, that down. Write yeah. that down. He like almost completely redesigns that bathroom. Like there was like graffiti and a bunch of shit, and then there's like new tile and new like bottle. Yeah, and where can I get some? (laughs) Because he took that nasty, dingy gas station bathroom and turned it into the Ritz. Yeah, urinals, literally. And then that gorilla just messed it all up again. I was so mad. I was like, that's like when you wash the dishes and someone comes and puts in just one more. Yeah, it's like. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's like what the fuck? <laughs> you're you're watching this one, no. Yeah. Um, before before we get into analysis, the one thing I think we need to talk about that I'm surprised we actually haven't mentioned yet is the music. The music. Um, there's a lot of what I and I didn't know this. There are, um, let me count here. There are 27 original tracks for uh, the film soundtrack. And, and that's including um, the score, uh, but so there is also when I was watching the the uh, the opening credits and it said original music by this person, I was like, oh, there are songs here. Yeah, it's a musical. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. And you know which one really got me that I was actually really into. Surprisingly, he it, first of all, the coolest moment is when Nick Cage is standing there handcuffed in the two animatronics in front of him and he just back kicks the jukebox <laughs> yeah. and it just starts playing and it was like this cool like almost badass like old Waylon Jennings country song <laughs> and it was just head and shoulders, knees and toes. I was like Let's go. <laughs> and it's funny because it lists all the things he uses to fight them with because he can't use his hands. He uses his head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Wow. I never I thought know. of that. <laughs> but it's also just like kicking a jukebox, making the music play so you can fight. It's like, give me mm-hmm. something to funky to drive to. Like, it's, yeah. it's that energy. Oh, the music, the theme song. It definitely gets stuck in your head pretty quickly. It's haunting. 
Mm-hmm. It is haunting and it's beautiful. I love it because it's well, so simple. Because they know that this is creepy. Like they like they know the idea of just this animatronic that's made for kids. Like is cre- like again we mentioned Chuck E. Cheese is the same thing. It's like old Disney stuff. Like when you see the photos of what oh. fucking Mickey Mouse look used to terrifying. look like at like at Disney World in like 1965, shit was horrifying. Like same, <laughs> have you ever seen the old M&M's drawings of what they originally looked like? The no, anthropomorphic M&M's. Let me let me look this up really quick. Please old, so you can be properly horrified. Old I was at M&M's one of those characters. stores because it smelled like chocolate and there was air conditioning inside. So I went in naturally and there was drawings on the walls of all the old M&M's and I got scared. I didn't <laughs> know what was happening. They they have like Pac-Man eyes. It's like old Mickey. and Oh old... my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do have Pac-Man eyes. What are they? This looks like a milk dud and a moon pie like got together. Like these are not M&Ms. <laughs> what is this? This is so weird. It's not as creepy, but it's definitely it's it's only it's creepy so, when it's on a huge wall. It's like Oh um, yeah, for sure. Uh the M&M store. Please tourists come and be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I really just wanted some AC on my yeah. way to Penn Station. I was like, okay, let's cool yeah. off. That and is the cold. place to go for that for sure. Accosted um, by the demons that were <laughs> that once were. I like I'm wondering who back in the day, like in the sixties, when you know everything was booming, animatronics were on the rise, who mm-hmm. said, Let's make this shit creepy. Let's yeah. go full uncanny valley mm-hmm. and terrify these kids. I think it just has to do with they they thought they knew what kids were interested in and that they thought they knew what something like cute looked like. So it's like big eyes, big nose, crazy hair, giant ears. And then it actually ends up looking like a fucking demon. Demon. Yeah. Kids now love true crime. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Perfect marketing. Then. We wanted rainbows. We wanted sunshine. I say we like I'm born in 1967. Actually, <laughs> you have no way of knowing. <laughs> I could be 80. You don't know. <laughs> I was at Willie's Wonderland when it was built. You don't even know. <laughs> I was at the grand opening, damn it. <laughs> it was great. Uh, but anyway, the theme song. So who let the serial killer open a kid's place? <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like we're in, we're in Nevada, Nevada. There should be background checks, no? Yeah. Nobody there should There's a, I have a lot of questions in terms of how this like thing started. Nobody and smelled the decaying bodies in the pizza party room. <laughs> literally. Like, yeah. They're just <laughs> they like, def- "Oh, the pizza just smells like feet. Don't worry about it." It's no, great. it's good. Well, that's why they would they th- this is also the weird thing. They they say that like you would have your party, and then they would take. If it was your birthday, they would take you to the special room Super where there was happy the, fun room. Yeah, and there's a no trespassing sign on the door. Like it mm-hmm. says private property, happy super fun room, or whatever. Which and it's like that's flag. just where you would go for like. Okay, so now's the time of the event when we're gonna take the birthday boy or girl and take them and their parents to this private show. It's like, it's like if you're the news reporter 
at the Wonka factory when everyone goes in. You're just waiting around for two hours for them to fucking come out or something yeah. to report on. Like, what do you like? Oh, yeah, they were just standing there, weren't they? Yeah. So it's like, OK, so what are we just we just going to hang out while they have like our own private, like, you know, VIP section, like also, lap dance party with the fuck? kids into a back room. Very lap dance. Yeah, I was like, not- all right, it's your birthday. We're going to take you into the back room and give you a show. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. Um, and also, they killed the kids on their birthday. That's so sad. Hey, you know. I'm surprised they, the place wasn't haunted with like ghost kids. Oh, that would have been something, right? If they. Re- that, that's. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> that's what. That would have been interesting, right? That's what we were missing the, the creepy laughter and the sound of kids singing the theme song. But then the ghost kids, it becomes like Return of the King, right? Then they become like part of like the uprising and then yes. they fight against like the last like two animatronics, right? They, they possess Nicolas Cage's hands and they help him beat Willie. Well, that would have been something like what if he's like the brother of a kid who died there? And then he has like an actual emotional attachment to that place. And like they, you know, and then that's his mission. He's like, I'm going to destroy all these fucking people. Like Like all these his brother's birthday and there was a party, but he had tonsillitis. So he couldn't go. And he was with grandma and then boom, parents dead. And he's like, last place (laughs) I saw him was freaking willies. Yeah. I just Mm -hmm. made his whole backstory. They can use that. They have Mm -hmm. my permission. Yeah. And again, there, I just had so many questions where I was watching it where I was like, I get that they're building this movie around Nicolas Cage just being Nicolas Cage. And then they have this group of like, you know, this group of kids that he he can then interact with to like flesh the story out. But I was just like, there's so many dead ends here again like what's mm-hmm. with the soda why does he like this pinball machine like what is what Although is anything it's very fun for people like us to pick apart and create our own little stories around very true yes so there's a bright side to everything a silver lining if you will to the mass murder of animatronics mm-hmm. committed yeah. by nicholas cage <laughs> what a sentence to Literally. have in your mouth yeah this is 2021 the future came a day early, Steph. Um, and um, so I want to know what's your favorite, other than the theme song, like we said, is, is very creepy. What, and they use it at a good amount, like to where it can get stuck in your head, but it's still like, they'll like modulate it to where it like dips down and sounds broken. I like time got broken. I was like, time to eat everybody is what they say or something like that. Um, yeah. Or like, yeah. oh, the song where they start, he starts counting like how many friends yeah that one's kind of slaps i was like oh Mm -hmm. this is a bop but also Mm -hmm. a warning why are you standing there watching him Mm -hmm. you're standing there watching and he's like one little chicken i'm like oh chicken dead yeah i've been kfc tonight (laughs) (laughs) it's over for her i was just like why are you standing there watching but this the song kind of i kind of slap like it's good it was on amazon music because i don't know how spotify works i would totally Mm -hmm. get it (laughs) blasted in public i would too absolutely um but they again they do this cool like you know the score is 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 a pretty standard score but the music like having this kind of they have the country twang they have the jukebox rockabilly they got the um yeah the classic like it's your birthday happy birthday kind of like um specific song to the place like Chuck E. Cheese used to have that too the old Um, mcdonald's where they had like the hamburglar and the purple purple dude <laughs> What's Gr- purple? grimace grimace which also why grimace? yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
I much prefer Purple Blob, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but like they used to, I think they used to sing. There's like a old home video, like one of my cousins who's a little older than me being like sung to. Yeah. At McDonald's, which sounds creepy. Could you imagine Ronald McDonald coming up to you and being like, happy birthday? I can because uh, I was horrified of clowns as a guy. I mean, I still am. But Ronald McDonald ex- ex- uh especially scared me and i don't know why i don't know the circumstances i just remember like two or three years in a row when i was in elementary school we had an assembly where ronald mcdonald came (laughs) and sang to us and the first year that he did this i was in first grade maybe ronald mcdonald first 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 grade, yeah. And he sat because we all sat in like the cafeteria, like on the floor, because mm-hmm. there was a sta- there was a stage there. Crisscross applesauce. Exactly, yeah. And he sat right in front of me, so those big red fucking shoes were right there, and I was horrified <laughs> the entire time. And he came up to me, not like me specifically, but like our row. Oh no! Uh, and like was saying, like doing, like you know, he's doing some crowd work, right? You know, he's singing. He's like, yeah, okay. yeah. And and he looked right at me when he sang a song. I almost like passed out. I was so horrified. Oh, no. I was so scared. It was terrible. And I had to do that un- until I left that school. Until I went over to the other um, school for. We had two elementary schools. It doesn't really make sense, but um, no, so we have four. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. We had it was K through three in one building and then four K through, through six. Three. Okay, that's th- weird. That's what I yeah. It's very strange. And then four through six in the building next door. Um okay. yeah. and so like we yeah. We did that for and it was it was it was terrible. It was very, very scary. So I can't recommend I can't recommend clowns, you know? Well, clowns and the animatronics have that uncanny valley thing we mentioned in common mm-hmm. because the clowns have a smile painted on. So it like messes with the way that we register emotions. And I don't think kids can handle that. And yeah. animatronics have no soul in their eyes. Yeah. It's like watching the Polar Express. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's like the country bears thing at Disney. You know, it's like they got this goofy fucking smile, like just like shoved onto them. It's so unnerving. I hate it. I'm like, feel something, feel anything other than pure fake joy. I don't like it. Yeah, literally the looks in their eyes is just like, I have to hug nameless kids every single day. This is my life. And it's just like, it's so depressing and scary. And just well, when you list the job like that, it makes me uncomfortable. I'm a character actor. I'm a hugger of children who I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I mean, am I wrong? Like, I mean, (laughs) you're not wrong. And that's why it hurts. Yeah. (laughs) The truth Um, hurts. (laughs) <laughs> all right well with that let's move to <laughs> great place let's, let's let's move let's move to analysis let's go to analyze this sure it's it's tough with a movie like this because there's no like again the whole premise is just this is a nick cage movie that's what we're going with we are leaning on that full force there isn't really 
bigger like dramatic themes or like they were just leaning also on just being a batshit story we got a satanic cult yeah child murderers animatronic demons it's shock They're, value There's it's shock yes it's a shock value show a hundred percent and again that is where the old grindhouse genre comes in and it's mm-hmm. clearly this movie's paying a lot of homage to that <clears throat> and um you know it makes it feel it, it it does like kind of give you this feeling of uh like experience in a way where it's um yeah you're going for the shock and it is this overtly crazy but also graphic um stylistic story but that supplements the fact that there's not really a takeaway you know there's not really like I watch this movie and I'm like, I'm not really supposed to, I don't really know what I'm supposed to take away from that, but I'm okay with it. You know, it's not trying to give me anything necessarily to take. Like, I don't really think there's an overall message other than God, isn't Nick Cage great? Like, or, 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 or maybe it was just like, wasn't that fun. Like maybe that's what they were going for, which we should value these days because there is value in escapism and entertainment. Not everything has to have a message. I I 100% agree with you, Steph. That was absolutely what I was getting at. And I will say, like, I had issues with this movie for sure. I don't think it's, like, a masterpiece or anything, but I did have fun. I did, like, have a good, clean hour and a half of a good time just trying to see where the movie was going to go. And It's chaotic, and it lets you turn off your brain for 10 minutes and just focus on this weird stuff that's happening that happens to be very visually appealing at the same time. But if you did want an overarching message, are you ready to have your mind blown? If you got one, throw it out there. Let's talk about it. Take your breaks. Take your breaks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the message is just to take your breaks. And I think it's also a message that we, cause this movie was set to come out in 2020. Mm hmm. I don't know if anyone remembers 2019 because it feels like it was forever ago, but we all like, could have taken some breaks. I was like five years old or something like that, I think. Oh, God. <laughs> we all could have taken breaks. Yeah, yeah, no, I had just turned 82. Yeah. I could have used a break. Mm-hmm. Totally. That, and that is, that's, that is a really, really good message. And I personally have to constantly remind myself of that. I'm someone who enjoys being productive and enjoys having things to do and enjoys to an extent being busy. Like it can obviously be overwhelming, but I like getting stuff done and actually growing. But like that can then, and then also being paired with just being an incredibly anxious person to be like so tiring, but yeah, and it's okay to just be like, all right, I'm not going to do anything today. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going to feel bad about it. Or I'm just gonna like, play I'm, Minecraft for ten hours. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna build a really cool house, and I'm gonna take a bubble bath and have some flirp. That's <laughs> I love allowed. Bubble baths. <laughs> bubble baths are so good. No one. They're so great. Um, do you shop at Lush? I don't. I've never been to Lush. What is it? <gasps> I'm gonna get you a bath bomb. Oh, <gasps> please! I love I it. I, oh, thank you. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm writing it fi- down. What's your favorite scent? Uh, I'm kind of a basic bitch. I like eucalyptus and spearmint, but I also Ooh. like lavender. I like both of those scents. Ooh, maybe I'll make one. <gasps> do you want to make one? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Hell yeah. I got some rose petals drying. Oh, sick. Totally. Oh, this, 
Oh, this took an unexpected turn that I love. Um, <laughs> but but you're right. No, that that is a that is a really great message. And again, it is kind of just hidden in the background. But it like it is important just to be like. And I guess that is the kind of just the vibe of the movie itself of not just take your breaks, but also like you said, just just enjoy something with not as much substance as you're expecting. Yeah. Something that is chaotic, batshit, and just. Turn I, I your bet phone you... off and sink into this world. And yeah. also, there's something so nice about watching Nicolas Cage take out trash. Like, because you ever, when you clean your room and it's finally mm-hmm. clean, it's been months, you came out of like a long depression, you took a shower, it's great, you're living life, mm-hmm. and you take out that last bag of yeah. trash, mm-hmm. that's the euphoria you get from watching Nick Cage <laughs> slap the shit out of these animatronics. Yeah. He's able to... He did pimp slap, though. He was yeah. like, Phew. Yeah. He's able to fit all of them and he's each one in its own bag surprisingly so satisfying it's 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 that's that is good conservation of bags good on him for being able to environmentally friendly he's got yes. a low carbon footprint in this film all for it all and i think for he's it. just using water to clean it must be some good water maybe maybe it's like hot water i don't know like also maybe <laughs> the the quotes um not the quote yes it's a quote now karma's a bitch karma is a bitch yeah it's like the sheriff definitely like eats it. <laughs> she, yeah, she, she eats it. The two guys at the end get blown up, which was so funny. <laughs> yeah, in a in a terrible CGI fire explosion that, that but it was scientifically would not have worked. No, because it looks like she like lights just like the bumper yeah. or the exhaust. the exhaust. It's not. It's definitely not the gas tank. No, she lights the exhaust, which I guess had she like left a trail of exhaust fuel leakage that could have technically ignited but based on my long hours of research at three in the morning that car should not have exploded no but or, it's beautiful that it did or if it did that building should have exploded that's, yeah, that's, no, that, that, that gasoline is still there <laughs> yeah <laughs> unless it's like i don't know some if we're in a desert maybe it evaporated i don't know i'm not science <laughs> scientists you are right we are we are we are not science this is true (laughs) um yeah and yeah like you said and i I feel like this movie other than i think it would be fun to watch with friends Mm -hmm. i kind of think it would also be a good movie to watch like when you're sick like you got like a cold you're not really feeling like you want to do anything um i know like being sick has obviously taken on this whole other realm of understanding oh. in the world of uh, of the pandemic that. but I mean, I, was... <laughs> I mean just like out for a day feeling under the weather kind you got of sniffle. like the pollen's high your allergies are shit yeah you don't want to go outside well, there's one yeah. There. yeah you're not mentally like ready for really any big like exertion or like whether it's actual work or like work around the house just like just let me lay in bed and just kind of escape somewhere turn off all the lights Maybe light a candle and watch Willie's Wonderland, you know? Yeah, a nice and, candle. Keep an eye on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. We did mention gasoline. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, we all have, we all we all keep our gas cans in our bedrooms. We all we know that. I we gotta, keep mine we, right next to my bed, mm-hmm. next to the sword. <laughs> all your weaponry in one place. It's yeah. great. Oh, yeah. You got to be prepared. <laughs> For the animatronics when they no exactly yeah or you can like dip the the sword in gasoline then it's like the that one sword from Game of Thrones yeah oh oh you're brilliant 
I'm gonna make that happen now. I so, am science, uh, actually. You are <laughs> science. <laughs> Take that, Vilna. <laughs> He's actually a super cool dude. <laughs> I love him. I love him so much. I also um, ran into him at a bathroom in Comic-Con once. I was in the wrong place. <laughs> and he was like, Shh. oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a nice guy. <laughs> but you're you're him now. You take over science. I went to a Nationals baseball game a few months ago in D.C. And out of nowhere, it was like, and announcing the players at today's game, it's Bill Nye the science guy. And we were all just like, <laughs> Bill, Bill. What? Why is he no? Literally, we all were just like Bill, 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 Bill. and we were like, "Why is he here?" Apparently, he's a big. He's well, he's from DC. He's apparently he's a big Nationals fan because of that. Um, That's but, so cool. You get sports and science, sports and entertainment together. How like where where could you go wrong? Um, so let's wrap it up. Let's we got to answer the big burning question. Mm-hmm. Um, why we love this movie and how it adds to our love of movies. I think we just started to touch upon it, but if you had to sum it all up, please, Steph, tell me why you love Willy's Wonderland and how, if any, in any way, it adds to your love of the film medium. I love Willy's Wonderland because... (laughs) Hold for dramatic effect. Um, No, hold for me thinking of why I love it. I, I just, I love it because it breaks the form of what I typically watch. Because it's not something that I ever would have watched on my own. And because the memory of watching with friends and the the joy I get from watching other people watch it and then look back at me with confusion <laughs> is just so, it's, not, it's like nothing else. It's great. And it's like, oh, I'm so glad we've shared this fever dream together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the escape is nice. I'll, yeah. I'll take it. I, in everything I do as an interdisciplinary artist think that the goal is to make someone feel something and this movie made me feel something Mm -hmm. even if it was bewilderment (laughs) it's it was a good rabbit hole to fall down while i ignored the chaos around me Mm -hmm. and for that it reminds me of why i love movies (laughs) that's beautifully said um yeah for me I, i mentioned that there were things that like didn't totally land for me i don't think it's a it's definitely not a perfect movie in any sense. Oh, not uh, at all. And I don't know when the next time I would watch it was would be like definitely in terms of like a group situation. Probably, oh, party. But Halloween party for sure. Yeah, ha- Halloween time. Good. On the but background. I totally agree with the idea that you just need comfort sometimes. And yeah. somehow watching other people go through chaos is a um, is a form of some kind of weird cynical comfort um, <laughs> that... But again, it's the trauma bond. It's the trauma bond, yes. But I think the main thing for me is just the again the Nicolas Cage-ness of it is that I don't know of anyone else who has a career like him. True. I don't know of anyone who has gone through like th- three or four completely different personas over the course of, you know, the nearly 40 years that he's been Such making an movies. Truly, it's an enigma that is fascinating to observe. I would watch this movie alone for just seeing how he's evolving. Yeah, like absolutely. The first time Pokemon evolved, mm-hmm. I know, I, like the first time I ever found out that they could evolve, I was like, oh, "What?" 
Because we love to see growth. It's what yeah. we as humans enjoy. We like seeing uh, a character arc. And Nicolas Cage, the character of Nicolas Cage and the individual, has such an interesting arc. Yeah. And I think it, it's, yeah. So he, again, he starts off as this almost this charming character actor and then goes into kind of leading man, crazy 90s action stuff. That's still a level of charisma, but also somewhat of a everyday man. And then he's a switch is the super smart Nathan Drake treasure hunter guy in National Treasure and then slowly becomes this like insanely smart alien like figure in movies like Next which is a very very weird movie and and has now again become this this meme and uh, absolute batshit crazy person who is clearly having a good time uh, but I also think that like again I, I mentioned it's like an, its own genre there's so many Nicolas Cage movies and you can go down that rabbit hole and find similarities in each one and it's that that part of it is fun but it it also kind of and I'm not I've said on here before I'm not generally like a very negative person in terms of just just people like I, I try not to be you know super negative but like there's something about him that gives me hope and um, just for our generation and our culture of like, we all agree that Nicolas Cage, he doesn't make the best movies, but he makes his movies. He makes his own movies and we all appreciate and support him and love him for that. And, you know, he's kind of like Keanu Reeves in that way. I think we have a very similar relationship to Keanu Reeves. Yeah. But like, Nicholas Cage is Nicholas Cage is definitely also a vampire for sure. Um, Ooh. And Ooh. now I gotta yeah. think about that. His skin is very smooth mm-hmm. looking. Well, there's that there's that classic <laughs> meme that went around of like this one guy from like the 1800s who looks exactly like Nicholas Cage, and oh, people are like, "Well, I will. I'll, I'll have to find it." Um, but it's it is cool again in this world of internet culture where we have to be constantly sharing our voice and sharing our opinion and being like our opinion is correct mm-hmm. and you're wrong because of this and I'm right because of this and what I like is the best and this is my opinion and having to constantly be like no this person's terrible or this person's you know actually the greatest whatever it's nice that there is someone that and you know, maybe someone does disagree. I'm sure there is. There's a lot of people out there, but <laughs> there's there is this anomaly. His name is Nicholas Cage. That we all are just like, just whatever you need to do, please go do it, and we will be there for you whenever you need to. I'm not. I may not watch all your movies, but I will definitely be there for at least one or two of them when they come around. Yeah, there's something and that for is, everyone. Give them enough chance and enough time, mm-hmm. and everyone will do at least one great thing. I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's exciting to see that. It makes me again, it gives me hope in this. And it's hard not to look at like Internet culture and just the way that we communicate with one another and be kind of like just like let down or just like tired from it. And or even just kind of almost feed into it and get like uh, angry or just like frustrated. But that's the one thing we're all just like. You can't get mad at Nicolas Cage. You can't tear that guy down and you never will. And it's 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 honestly it's kind of beautiful. <laughs> we should all have a little bit of Nicolas Cage inside of us. Mm-hmm. We should all have a fifth castle in Scotland and constantly trying I'm to pay that debt. Working on it. 
Yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> we'll get there. Here's what we'll do. You and me will start making bath bombs. Okay. Our our business will grow to a complete conglomerate. Okay. We'll sell it off and then we'll buy castles. That's I'm how we'll do it. Let's I'm do in. It. <laughs> Boom. We start with calling Willy's Wonderland and being like, can we do a themed bath bomb after your animatronics? No, we don't do one. We do like a whole a collection. Set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, what will the Nicolas Cage bath bomb smell like? That's very important. Well, it's got to be that punch. It'll probably have some grape to it. Grape. I'm thinking like oak. I feel like he's a very nature smelling man. Well, uh, yeah, it has to have some kind of a like a cologne kind of like almost manlier oh, scent yeah. to it. Not musk. a musk. Yeah, it has to have a musk to a it. Grape musk bath yeah. bomb. <laughs> In stores now. Taking orders. <laughs> At all your local bath bomberies. Wait. <laughs> Wait, no, they're not. They... <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, thank you so much, Steph. <laughs> thank you. It's been a pleasure. That does it for this episode of Frankly, I Love Movies. Huge thanks to Steph for coming on. She is just a delight. If you want more Frankly, I Love Movies content, please go check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Frankly, I Love Movies, on Twitter, Frankly Podcast, and Instagram, Frankly, I Love Movies. You can follow me on Letterboxd at BigWalls21 for all recent movie reviews. As I mentioned up top, this is part of the series of episodes that we are doing leading up to our brand new independent short film entitled Don't Be a Stranger. It's all about love and loss and grief, all great stuff that reminds you of the horror movie genre. And if you want to check out more social media stuff for that, we are on Instagram and Twitter at Don't Be a Stranger Film. You can check out our website at don'tbeastrangermovie.com. And finally, in two weeks, tune in to listen to me, Sullivan Harris, and Patrick St. Ainge talk about the very first live-action Scooby-Doo film. This is one we have been wanting to do on this show since we started it back in the spring of 2018, and I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Until then, I'm Josh Wall, and frankly... I love movies.